Taking Another Trip into UFOs and the Woo, Part 2 of the Josh Casey Interview, Episode 23 of the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast. Welcome to the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast. Coming to you from the glacial dumping grounds known as the Michigan Basin. I'm Michelle. And I am Wayne. And we are a Michigan-based husband and wife educator and podcasting duo that after having a UFO sighting in March of 2018, have started to examine UFOs and other paranormal topics within Michigan and beyond. Topics include UFOs, the paranormal, conspiracy theories, ghosts, alternative history and archaeology, cryptids, and all things strange and paranormal. So sit back, grab a drink, and come along with us on this journey down the paranormal rabbit hole. Hey everybody, what's going on? Hello everyone. It is January 17th, 2022, and this is episode 23. Yep, 23 is one of your favorite numbers, you and your numerology. Well, there's a reason for it. Oh, yeah, it's because it's linked to your birthday. <laughs> so what do we got going on in this episode, Michelle? Well, we have round two of talking to Josh Casey. Uh, yes, we're going back into the UFOs and the woo as people like to say, because it gets really, really wooey. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. The the last conversation that we had with Josh prior to this, he mentioned shadow people. And that's all it took. It was kind of like, okay, uh, we've got to have you back now. Yeah, there's there's that interest of shadow people. It's uh, a very cool yet creepy topic. So, yeah, so we're going to be bringing Josh on here in a few minutes, and then we're going to jump right into this interview with him part two and try to finish up some things that we covered. And we still went about an hour and a half with him. So we're like, oh, we're going to keep it short. Yeah. Uh, hour and a half later. <laughs> so, all right. Well, just to let everybody know, like we do every episode that we are on YouTube, make sure you get over there and hit that subscribe button for us. You can find us just by searching for Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast in the search field, and we will pop right up. You'll notice our little logo and everything, little alien floating around. Yeah, just remember, it's audio only, not video. Besides YouTube, remember, we're out on Facebook along with Instagram and Twitter. So come check us out on our social gathering spots. And remember, if you have a story you would like to tell, we would like to talk to you. You can reach out to us at mi.ufo.podcast at gmail.com. Send us a brief summary of your experience and we'll contact you to discuss things further and try to get you or your story on the podcast. Yes, and now we also have uh, swag and merchandise for you to purchase to help support the podcast. All you have to do is go to miufopodcaststore.online and look at all the awesome products that we have available High quality t-shirts, mugs, stickers, you name it, it's on there. And last but not least, we also now have a Patreon page set up. So if you would like to support the podcast, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash M-I-U-F-O-S-P-E-P. And there you can sign up and for a small monthly donation, we will put you on a list 
in the show notes as a Patreon supporter. And we will also give you a shout out during the month that you are signed up for. So you will hear your name out on the podcast. Yes, I want to read lots of names. Yeah, that'd be very cool. So just a small monthly donation. It helps out the podcast, gets us some more equipment, and we can continue to do great shows that we love to do for you. So check it out. Of course, all of these things you will find links to in our show notes. Just click on those show notes in the podcast and you will find the links. You can just click on them from there and it will take you right to those pages. All right, Michelle, I think it's that time. It's time for What's in the News. Yes. What is in the news? Well, this article coming out of one of the states that we've flown over, and I would love to travel to. And we do have a lot of listeners from... We do. Utah's most infamous UFO sightings will have you believing in the unexplained. This just came out uh, just a couple days ago, January 15, 2022. So during the 1990s, American families gathered around their televisions on Sunday nights and watched The X-Files, where FBI agents Fox Mulder and Dana Scully were part of secret government research into unidentified flying objects. I remember that show. <laughs> yeah, that was, you know what, that was a great show. It, it was, for, for the time and getting everyone kind of, you know, hooked and interested, besides the movies that were out during that time. But in 2017, the New York Times revealed conspiracy theorists were right all along. The government for decades really did have secret agencies investigating UFOs and military pilots reported numerous contacts with flying objects. So I guess those were not conspiracy theorists after all. Well, Wasn't so much a theory now, was it? And I mean, we've talked to enough people and read read enough to to know that, you know, secretly they've been looking into these for decades. Unidentified flying objects, UFOs, have appeared throughout human history and are typically associated with extraterrestrial life visiting Earth. As early as 1639, Massachusetts Bay Colony co-founder and governor John Winthrop reported a sober, discreet man named James Everill had seen a great light in the sky running back and forth over the muddy river for several hours. By the time it vanished, Everill and the other men in his boat were a mile upstream from where they'd been, and they had no memory of how they arrived there, according to an account in the New England Today. In modern times, the first well-known UFO sighting occurred in 1947, when businessman Kenneth Arnold claimed to see a group of nine high-speed objects near Mount Rainier in Washington, while flying his small plane, reports through History.com. Though Arnold described the shapes as being crescent-shaped, they were mistakenly reported as being saucer-shaped in the media, leading to the first usage of the term flying saucer. Yep, so the media even got that wrong. And it's funny that we're reading this article talking about Kenneth Arnold and the uh, shapes, the crescent-shaped UFOs, and that's one of the things that Josh is going to talk about. Yep. Now, here we go into Utah. Utah, with its barren deserts and dark, starry skies, has long been considered a hotbed for unidentifiable sightings. Over the years, there have been more than 1,000 UFO sightings in Utah, according to journalistic data analysis website Stacker.com. 
Some of these sightings have a reasonable explanation, including recent reports of lines of lights moving across the night sky. These trains of brightly lit objects reportedly seen over Utah as recently as February of 2021 turned out to be a Starlink satellite. A SpaceX project launched by Elon Musk, which aims to provide internet service everywhere on Earth, according to Space.com. Other sightings, however, are not so easily explained. Yeah, and, you know, anybody can go on YouTube. I've put these out on our Facebook page a couple of times. What Starlink actually looks like going through the sky if you happen to be at a location where you can see it flying overhead. Uh, once you've seen it and you know what it is, you can identify it pretty easily. I mean, it seriously looks like a, a bead of pearls flying through the sky and then they go all in a straight line and they're moving along pretty quickly. So I encourage everybody to go check out what these uh, Starlink satellites look like. We first break into Skinwalker Ranch. My so, favorite. Yeah, it is cool. Skinwalker Ranch, just 30 miles west of Vernal, is one of the most infamous places in the world for paranormal and UFO activity. The book Hunt for the Skinwalker, Science Confronts the Unexplained at a Remote Ranch in Utah by Keller and Knapp details the UFOs, crop circles, poltergeist activity, and luminescent orbs the former owners experienced at the ranch. Some people even claim to have experienced more strange happenings after the acquisition of the ranch by the National Institute for Discovery Science, or NIDS. Yeah, that's Bigelow's group. According to Keller and Knapp, they investigated close to 100 incidents of UFOs, unexplained magnetic fields, and vanishing and mutilated cattle on the ranch. However, they were unable to obtain sufficient evidence for scientific publication. Today, Skinwalker Ranch is owned by a real estate magnate, Brandon Fugel, and very few people are allowed access to the property. However, the History Channel released a docuseries called The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, which we watch in this house, which follows the efforts of a team of experts and scientists who attempt to explain claims of paranormal events, cattle mutilations, and UFO sightings with science and technology. The ranch is also featured on an interactive map of UFO sightings taken seriously by the U.S. government. Next, we talk about the Cedar City abduction. Stories of abductions are not rare. In fact, an ABC poll conducted in 2000 found that as many as 40 million Americans have seen or know someone who has seen an unidentified flying object or UFO, and a growing number believe they've actually met aliens. Author David Boer chronicled the story of one such man who claimed to have had contact with extraterrestrial life while driving just outside of Cedar City in 1959. According to Boer's book, missile-based technician Jerry Irwin was driving back to his barracks at Fort Bliss in El Paso, Texas, when he saw a glowing object he thought was a plane crash. He pulled to the side of the road, put on his jacket, and left a note in his car explaining where he had gone. When a search party went looking for him later, they found him unconscious without a jacket and no sign of an airplane crash. Following this experience, Irwin was given a clean bill of health, but after returning to Texas, he suffered repeated bouts of blackouts and amnesia, ending up in the psychiatric ward in Fort Bliss more than once. 
He eventually deserted his post, but when Boer went looking, he was able to find Irwin and get a full account of what happened to him in the Utah desert and in the months and years following. Boer published his findings in a book titled No Return, The Jerry Irwin Story, UFO Abduction or Covert Operation in 2017. Boer said there was no archetypical account of alien abductions in circulation. Irwin's story originated before alien abductions had been portrayed in entertainment and the media, making his account unique for its timing. We then take a look into Dugway Proving Ground, a small, unassuming community an hour and a half's drive west of Lehigh. There is nothing outwardly mysterious about Dugway. Conspiracy theorists, however, claim that the military installation nearby is the new Area 51, where the U.S. government conducts tests based on hidden extraterrestrial technology. According to the U.S. Army website, Dugway Proving Grounds is the nation's leading test center for chemical and biological defense, conducting efficient testing and support to enable our nation's defenders, interagency partners, and our allies to counter chemical, biological, radiological, and explosive hazards. The installation has an area of 800,000 acres, which is slightly larger than the state of Rhode Island. Utah Story cites conspiracy theorists who believe the military may be using this land to test technology harvested from a UFO that crash-landed in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. Eyewitnesses in the area have reported odd sightings near Dugway, including a man who described a jet that vanished into thin air and a former police officer on the Goshute Reservation who claimed to have been traveling down a deserted road in the West Desert when a flying saucer whizzed by. After he flashed a light beam onto the UFO, the UFO reacted by speeding up and over a mountain range until it was out of sight in seconds, Utah Stories reported. The officer said a few minutes later, two fighter jets flew by following the same trajectory as the flying saucer. Imagine that. Yeah, we've heard that one before. When the writer for the Utah Stories article tried to obtain access to Dugway to observe the community firsthand, He reported he was denied access for having an unpaid ticket on his driving record. (laughs) Okay. You got a ticket. You can't come in. All right. And to wrap things up, UFO reports abound. In addition to these accounts, there are many others spread across the state, from Neola to Kanab and Lehigh to Hurricane. A 1996 Deseret News article, Frequent Flyers, recounted many incidents where people were willing to talk openly about their UFO experiences. Utah is even home to the Utah UFO Festival, a three-day event scheduled for August in Cedar City this year. The website states this festival includes renowned speakers and experts, movie screenings, radio broadcasts, vendor booths, live music, alien trivia, a human and pet costume contest, <laughs> beer, <laughs> beer and wine tastings, dining, cosplay. Hey, dining with speakers, and a caravan out to the gates of Area 51. That sounds like a cool event. Yeah, that would sounds like it would be fun. While scientific proof is lacking when it comes to evidence of UFO sightings in Utah, the fact remains that there are some things science has not been able to explain. You never know what you might see in the skies of a clear Utah night. 
Yeah, Utah's got some very interesting things going on out there, especially Skinwalker Ranch. That's what they're the most famous for. But there is a an undercurrent of UFOs and it sounds like abductions and things going on out there. So yeah, there there is more to meet the eye of the beautiful scenery too. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So to close off the news, got a little bit of sad and somber news. We need to report about the passing of Butch Wachowski. He was a UFO investigator and a cryptid hunter. He has been on numerous podcasts and shows and things like that. And uh, he passed away recently in his sleep at the age of 74. So uh, we want to send our heartfelt condolences to friends and family of Butch and he will be missed, so we're very sad to hear him uh, leaving this planet, but now hopefully he has the answers that he's looking for. It's time to give some shout-outs to some friends of the podcast. Yeah, so let's go ahead and start with Brian Forrester, who is the host of Hidden Inca Tours. Hidden Inca Tours works with leading experts, geologists, engineers, and the holders of oral traditions to investigate megalithic sites without bias. Participation in one of their tours feels like joining an informal research expedition with knowledgeable friends. If you are interested in seeing the current tour schedule and maybe joining a tour yourself, get that backpack ready and simply go to www.hiddenincatours.com and click on Tours for more information. Next, we've got the Lost in the Dark podcast, hosted by Burton and Aaron. This is a pretty cool podcast that bills itself as an attempt to capture incredible conversations between best friends as we explore all of our passions, but especially music and the world of heavy metal. So if you're into paranormal investigations and loud heavy metal music, give them a listen. Strong language, but it's heavy metal and and the paranormal. What else would you expect? And I'm very happy to announce that the boys are back. That is right. The Midnight Truck Stop returns on January 16th, 2022, hosted by Big T and Blue Knight. A very cool couple of guys with a great concept as they explore those strange and unexplained incidents that so many of us have experienced while traveling along desolate highways. Give them a listen as they collect stories from all around the country, from truckers and travelers alike. And finally, we go across the pond to the UK and give a shout out to Phenomena Magazine, the world's most recognized e-zine of its kind. The magazine investigates the whole realm of the strange, profound, unknown, and unexplained, delving into paranormal, UFOs, cryptid, parapsychological, and Fortean events. The magazine can be downloaded every month for free in PDF format. Check out the show notes for a link to the magazine. All right, Michelle, I think it's that time that we go ahead and we get Josh back on here and we continue the conversation we started back in episode 21. So uh, let's go ahead and get him on and let's have some more trippy times because why not? Let's get into the woo. Let's get crazy. Time for more woo. Let's talk orbs. Let's talk shadow people. Let's go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest back once again because we only spent two and a half hours with them last time and we barely touched the surface of 
the UFOs, the paranormal, strange visitors. I mean, let's go. We, we need more. We need more woo. So Josh from the podcast Trippy Times, I can say that now because he's officially launched that. So congratulations. Everybody make sure you check him out. Josh, what's been going on, man? Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, honestly, I have a moment, you know, where it gets a little quiet, or, you know, periods of time where it gets quiet and things start to ramp up. Um, most recently, I had a siding with uh, my roommate slash cousin, you know, uh, Sonny Conway from, you know, Paranormal Chop Shop. I know you know him. I, I called him. It was just two orbs in the sky at first and it ended up ramping up to something else. But, um, yeah, last time I had a great time on here talking to you, man. It was fun. Honestly, uh, I had to go back and listen to it again to make sure, you know, I knew what we went over in. <laughs> Some things I'm just kind of glossed over a little bit. Well, it all uh, starts to blur together yeah. after a while, man, <laughs> especially when, you know, the last time we talked, it was, you know, about two and a half hours. The whole show turned out to be about three hours long. So well, we talked about a lot. So. Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> and, and I know there was some things uh, we wanted to touch on with you. Uh, you kind of hinted to it last show. And by the way, everybody, if you want to listen to that show where Josh came on the first time, that would be episode 21. And you can listen to that, you know, wherever they put out podcast, iTunes, Spotify, you name it. It's out there. So, um, but I know Michelle wanted to uh, bring something up with you and um, that, that you kind of hinted to before. So why don't we jump into that a little bit and then we're going to swing back around. I think you got some new UFO information, like you were just saying. Uh, You got some people that saw it with you that we know mutually and uh, we'll go from there. So, all right. Shadow people, Josh, (laughs) you, you mentioned it the the last time that we talked. So we've got to hear more. Yeah, I did mention it. I've got a habit of um, sometimes leaving out some of the creeper elements. Whenever I talk about things, it's mostly been positive with me. But I, I'll be honest, that's one thing that I'm still on the fence about. And um, I've had it happen a couple of times, but only one time I can say for absolute certain that that's what I saw. And um, honestly, I try to tell myself over and over that it didn't happen because I, I wanted to believe that it didn't happen. But uh, the fact that it was just like two nights after I got back from Chris Blood. So it was when I, you, you've seen the videos that I recorded the orbs over there. It was right after I left there. And um, yeah, I kind of just um, I couldn't deny it after a little while. But, but um, really, it was me just lying down in uh, my bedroom, just was having a great day, to be honest. Everything was going normal. And um, I had my bedroom door you know, still wide open. And I saw what looks like a probably, I would say three and a half, maybe four foot silhouette, like solid, you know, looking shadow, um, walk straight through my living room. And, um, I need to watch my language cause I almost cussed right there. <laughs> um, it, it scared me. It, I'll be honest. It really did startle me. And, um, uh, I, I'm not going to say like I jumped, you know, like just with, uh, I was just, you know, kind of stunned, you know, like, holy shit there. I mean, I'm sorry. I just cussed right there. Um, That's all right. <laughs> it's so hard not to do that. Um, yeah. Uh, I couldn't, I'll be honest. I couldn't sleep well that night. 
but um and was this after you had uh orb sightings you said yeah just a couple nights after i had the videos that i recorded at chris bledsoe's house it was about two two or three nights i want to say um after i had recorded those videos and everything was going good you know i was actually having a great day that day i remember that and i had lied down and just you know just walked straight through you know my house i mean I'm not going to say that I felt threatened at all, but just something being that close to me. And um, like I said, I tried to deny it for a long time because I wanted to believe it. No, that, you know, that I was just seeing stuff. But I remember how solid this thing looked, you know, that walked through. And the fact that it was so close to me having this experience, which, you know, was a positive experience, like I mentioned earlier, you know, at Chris Bledsoe's. I, like I said, I couldn't deny it, you know. And I mentioned to a few other people, I mentioned it to, Except talk my my investigator, um, they all said the same thing. You know that it, it definitely, if it felt real to me, it more than likely was. Did any of them mention whether or not that they thought that maybe this entity attached itself to you after seeing that at the Bledsoe's? Well, yeah, um, uh, Chris Bledsoe, I, I mentioned to him, and I asked him you know, if it's something that I should fear or not because I didn't know how to feel about it. He said, you know, it could be a relative or something, but he, he did tell me, you know, about the whole hitchhiker thing, which um I think I mentioned to you, and I, there's a video attached to videos that I, I made where I saw Orb as soon as I got home from Chris's that night. But, um, you know, I, I, I definitely feel like it, it just relates to it in some way. You know, um, I, I really don't know if it was, if it was something, you know, um, evil or not. It didn't really feel evil. It just more caught me off guard. Now, have you seen uh, shadow, uh, like shadow people like that before? And has it always been like after a orb sighting, or was this the the only one you've had like this that you can honestly say that's, you know, that you've seen a, a shadow person or being that got your attention? I honestly, know for a fact that um, it definitely was. Um, I do, I need to add in, uh, the way my, um, I don't know, my emotions felt really heightened. That sounds really weird saying out loud, to be honest, but, um, a lot more normal whenever it happened. I felt kind of like a, um, like a static feeling, if that makes sense. Um, just that energy in the air, I guess, is the best way to say it, whenever it happened. And like, it, it I definitely felt like I wasn't alone whenever it happened. Now, did it seem like the temperature in the room changed at all, or the atmosphere? Uh, what besides the staticky feeling? Yeah, actually, it did. And I didn't know if it was just me or not. Um, but I, yeah, it felt like it. Um, felt like it got colder. Um, I remember hearing that a couple of places after that happened with me, and I'd never heard of that before. But it didn't. I remember after it happened, I I didn't know if it was just me, you know, like my body, my my emotions somehow making me feel like the temperature drop. But it did uh, noticeably. And um, I don't know. I'm on the fence about how I feel about it. You know, I've been told you know not to not to fear it, and just because that's what it is doesn't mean that it's something evil. I would just say something being in my home that bizarre, just you know, um, a little too close for comfort, you know. As far as the orbs, I get a U4 when I see them. I love seeing them now. Um, it's usually random with me. I'm not like Chris who can just go out there and, you know, 
nine times out of ten, you know, they come to him. He just attracts them. But whenever I do, it's usually random, and um, I always, I'm, I'm grateful for it. You know, actually, they usually only come whenever I have heightened emotions. I've noticed that, <laughs> and I've been um, writing a few other things down, like the times that they usually come, and um, it's usually always between like uh, two o'clock and I would say it varies. Um, at least one o'clock to five o'clock, or six at the very latest, but around that time frame. And, um, just a few other things I've been noting down with the orbs, but it, I just I never see them coming. Uh, so I get a little nervous when I talk about that shadow fear, to be honest. And I'm I'm not used to talking to people about that. I just don't know how I feel about it. Well, what kind of what kind of sense did you get from it? It, it? You didn't feel threatened at all, right? You just just almost like an invasion of your your home space by whatever this thing was. Yeah, and at first it was kind of like you know, holy crap, did that really happen? You know, and like playing it over and over in my head like a million times. You know, and like even though I want to believe it didn't happen, it just it was so realistic you know it wasn't like i saw a shadow on the wall you know it was like a solid shadow wall it was through. like three-dimensional yeah yeah definitely just bizarre just unreal i can't say that i looked directly at it but it was just about i mean just so close you know walk right by but enough of my peripheral while i was almost looking directly at it where i clearly saw it in the corner of my eye you know as clear as i could at least um yeah and it, it didn't look very tall i don't know if it was like a child or what but i remember i remember it only looked like it was um definitely less than four foot tall did anything happen after you you saw this was there was there any any more high strangeness after this thing walked by you um no, a couple weird dreams i couldn't fall asleep stay asleep that night um a couple of bizarre dreams i really don't uh one of them's a recurring dream that i've had a lot um just where i'll, I'll be driving down the road and i suddenly pop up in the passenger seat or the back seat and i'm you know panicking trying to get to the driver's seat before the car crashes and that's um i don't know i always wake up before you know i got a run off the road but that's uh, one of those dreams that jolts me out my sleep. Yeah. Um, but I think that just had to do with the way that I felt, you know, whenever it happened. Um, uh, no, I can't really say anything. Like I said, I didn't feel threatened at all. It's just, uh, it's just a shock factor. You're just seeing, and you're having something like that happen. I had to have gotten up to walk around my house like four, at least four times afterwards. <laughs> just. Do you think yeah. there was some kind of message or something that was involved here or just something letting you know that it was there? I'm not sure, to be honest. I wish yeah. I knew. Um, I think that's something I've been kind of purposely not wanting to think about so much. <laughs> but I, probably, I probably need to a little bit more. I mean, I have thought about it, you know. Um, <laughs> just, like I said, I didn't want it to be real. I really didn't. But uh, it just, yeah, there's just too many things, you know, um, that made it credible for me. Yeah. Being so close to the experience with Chris and just how vivid and how three-dimensional it looked to me. 
And um, not to mention, I feel like I, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, I heard footsteps too. It's I, I could be mistaken on that, but I really remember feeling like I heard the footsteps. Um, uh, it just it happened so quick, man. I my hair so long. I'm just standing up a little bit on that. I don't mind talking about uh that got all the air stuff for some reason that just gives me a chill a little bit. Um, it's just odd. Well, the last time we talked and we left off there, our conversation, we were talking about the Anunnaki who was saying <laughs> that, that yeah. he was you and you were him. Yeah, and he yeah. took a picture of that tattoo to make it stick. Yeah. yeah you know, so <laughs> if, if that doesn't creep you out well, then you got shadow people <laughs> that, to help you out as well. <laughs> Yeah, um, God, I was so paranoid about that guy. Now, I'm not that kind of person either that, that's paranoid about crap or, you know. Um, but whenever that Anunnaki got first happened, I remember like a day, at least a couple of days afterwards, I was just thinking about it so much. Like, God, like, who was that guy? Like, it had to been a setup, you know, it just seems so, it really felt like a setup. That's the best way I can explain it. Now, it- for for the audience that's listening to this, if you haven't listened to the other episode, you got to go and listen to episode 21 because we just kind of picked up this interview from, from that. So there's a lot of information in there. But one key thing I want to come back to is that, Josh, you were not a believer or had any kind of experiences until how long ago? The, the first sighting I had was... Uh... I had my near-death experience 10 years ago, but the first sighting of a orb or craft, you know, whatever it was, that was, it was about six years ago now. Okay. But, and I saw that with the person I had my near-death experience with, but uh, I kind of just stayed in denial for that about five years or so. Didn't tell anybody about it. And then it was the Pentagon UAP reports that I saw in the news. Then I kind of just switched, you know, uh, put the switch in my head. And So it's only been about a year. Yeah. It's yeah. been only a year that you've uh, kind of accepted what you saw and what happened. And now these things that continue to happen to you. So it's not like you're a professional researcher. You've been out there for 20 years and, uh, you know, investigating this and listening to other people's stories. This is all very new yeah. to you. Yeah, it was about a year ago when it seemed like when I started paying attention to it, it started revealing itself to me. And another one that I know I mentioned to you in the last podcast, I started looking back on certain events in my life a lot differently after this stuff started happening and certain things just started linking together. And uh, like the dream that I mentioned, you know, it's almost exactly a year before my near-death experience where I saw my grandfather. I thought about that so much and uh, Preston didn't, you know, he even told me himself he believes I really astral projected, you know, in that dream without realizing it. And that's something I've always wondered about. Um, just because of the vertigo I felt and how real that was and, you know, just everything else that came with it. But um, yeah, it was like a year ago when I really started paying attention to this is whenever I started seeing it here and there. I wanted to mention some of that with you here tonight more. Um yeah. like the the sightings I had before I ended up going to Chris Bledsoe's house whenever he invited me over there. And, um, you know, like, it's like once I saw it with him and I had witnesses there and we recorded it, that's whenever, um, and like, I kind of just, 
you know, I got to the point where I don't care what people think, you know, whether they think it's real or not. It's not going to change the reality of it. I, like, I know it's real. I've experienced it. I don't know exactly what it is. And I theorize about it, and I love talking about it. And that's why I'm starting a podcast, just to have people come on that, so I can hear just all experiences, thoughts, and ideas. And even if I might not necessarily believe every, you know, element to it, I still just want to hear everybody's perspective on it just to learn, you know. Um, yeah. I feel like we're all just pieces of the puzzle trying to figure this out. Yeah, well, you do have videos of the orbs. I mean, I know Chris Bledsoe does a lot of recordings as well and puts them up. But now you've started doing that as well, and you have those up on your YouTube channel now, right? Yeah, yeah, I've got some some videos. Um, a lot of the ones I've put in the compilations are ones I actually recorded at Chris's house um, with him. And uh, the one that I saw that same night, I got home actually. Um, I've had um, yeah, I, I mentioned I called Sonny uh, from the most recent one. I uh, didn't record that. I couldn't get it on camera very well, but I did call him, and he was able to actually see one on one camera and saw a reaction to it. But um, yeah, wasn't he yelling was a... at you, telling you to get the <laughs> get the camera back on the orb so he could see it because yeah. he was watching it with you. Uh, All yeah, the way in first, California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first um, I called him, and because uh, God, it was bizarre, man. So my roommate, first I see one orb pop up, and it pops up and it vanishes. I always try to stay a little bit skeptical at first, you know, just in case. And I see another one pop up, and it's one inside of a cloud, and it flashes on and off real quick. And I'm like, holy crap, you know, we got orbs, and I hadn't seen, you know, any orbs in. Uh, in a few weeks really at this point i run inside and i grab my roommate and i'll tell him to come out there and he's open to it but he's never had an experience and i'm dragging him out there and as soon as he gets out he points he's like you know what what the f is that and i look up and i see a pink light flash and it looks like it's inside of this transparent i know it's going to sound really bizarre but like a transparent crap you know quote you know it might sound cliche but like the, the predator cloaking it's really how it looked, you know, and the only way we could see it is if it was underneath the cloud or um, stars. You could see a distortion, uh, I've been saying, like, funhouse mirror effect. And uh, right whenever it flashes, it takes off, but it doesn't do a straight traje- trajectory, sorry. Um, I was trying to describe this to you earlier. It takes off kind of like in a, a skipping, like zigzag, you know. Um, he described it as like a snake-like motion. And whenever he said that, you know, uh, Got all my hairs on my arms stood up. You know, I've never seen anything like that before. I've seen the orbs mainly. And um, one of the craft, I can't remember if I mentioned it in the last podcast before, um, the crescent shaped one. But um, so this is like the second craft that I've actually seen. But um, it takes off and does this maneuver and it comes back. And, you know, he's like, you know, did you see it, it move like a snake? And, and my mind is just blown. And it comes back and two or three times, I would say it circled around our entire apartment above my apartment and um, when i had sunny on the phone you know i'm trying to record it but i can't really see the, the cloak thing or whatever i can on the camera at all i can barely see it with my eyes but he could actually see the two orbs that i recorded and um yeah at one point i was actually pointing the phone at my own face <laughs> I, <ain't mentioned laughs> yeah. I was uh yeah i was i didn't even care about the orbs to be honest i was paying more attention trying to get this craft or whatever it was and um i ran back inside and I, he thought that I was running inside because I was freaking out. I was trying to get to the front of my apartment. So whenever it circled around my house, I thought it went you know, to the front and it came all the way back around. And it was just 
I mean, it was bizarre. It was odd. I've never experienced anything like that. You you said it was kind of like translucent, almost like it was a cloaking, like um, a predator. And, you know, that cliche yeah. has been used a lot now. But can you describe, was it an orb type of ship or would you say it was more like a disc? Could you tell what, you know, its shape? That's, that's what's really, um, I can't really put my finger on it. I couldn't tell the exact shape of it. I will say I know it wasn't any bigger than like a small car and it was underneath the cloud. That's the only way that we could see where it went, you know, is when it was underneath the cloud. And it was really hard to, you know, pinpoint a, a lot of time. You know, he, I pointed out once he pointed out. Um, it, it was just, it was so, I almost want to say like a box type shape. But maybe not quite, you know, like box. I, it's kind of hard to tell exactly what shape it was. It's more like you looked up and you saw just this little area of the sky that's, you know, it's a small area and it's just really distorted and you can't really see it until it moves. And whenever it moves, that's whenever you notice it. But the thing that really just caught me off guard is the, um, the zigzagging motion or the, you know, he said the slithering type motion whenever it shot off and it did it at really decent speed from a straight standstill, just shot off, you know, like this. This odd trajectory. And then it comes back and it circled you guys around that apartment a couple of times. Yes. Yes. Once the first time it circled, it came back immediately from the other side. So it just takes off to, you know, to the right and comes all the way back around the left, like just a huge circle around the apartment. And I mean, immediately it um, almost seemed like two separate ones. Like it, it almost was kind of like it just shot off one side. It came back on the other, you know, um, from a standstill and um god i'm just i'm kind of just stunned that you know it's i'm seeing something up here moving like this and there's two orbs you know and like i mentioned earlier one of the orbs were flashed inside of this crack you know it's like a, the pink light flashed on and off really quick and that's where it shot off in the zigzagging you know motion uh the first time that it uh, or second time that it shot off you know in this curved uh curved way around the top of my apartment it didn't come back around immediately i don't know if it's like it just shot around and it stopped for a second you know on the front side and that's whenever i run inside i'm talking to sony and he's telling me to get back outside and try to record it <laughs> that it's, sounds uh, like sunny <laughs> yeah, this is a fairly recent that this happened to so, yeah when when was this um two weekends ago okay say. yeah well, you know, it, it's interesting that you bring this up because uh, I had a coworker of mine come talk to me in the teacher's lounge for a few minutes, telling me that they had seen a what they thought was a large, a very large disc object that was doing exactly, looked exactly like what you're describing. They could see it under the cloud because it almost looked like it was a piece of plastic or a, a, a circular piece of glass that was passing over their heads, but making the cloud behind them look like it's going in and out of focus. So it caught their eye and it was very, very large. And uh, I didn't tell you this earlier, but you know what you were describing with how you were trying to keep your eye on that craft and it was you know, cloaked kind of a thing. That's exactly what one of my coworkers was telling me that they saw up here around two weeks ago. It was right before Christmas break that they well, were telling me about that. Yeah. 
So I know exactly what you're talking about in with the triangle craft that Michelle and I saw. You could see this triangle because the the lights in the corners were were very large and and it kind of lit up the the area underneath it slightly, but it looked like the light was being absorbed up and around this craft. So it was so low though, and there was so much light reflecting off the street lights and stuff that it looked like it was trying to absorb this light. And it was, it looked like a, you know, it looked like a heat, like a, a heat mirage that you would see in the summertime, like off of a hot road. And it had that wavering, the light was kind of a wavering thing going on there, but we could still, you know, we could still see it because of the the lights in the corners as well. So, man, that's, uh, that's a, that's a great story, but this is something that, that people, even Michelle and I have seen. And, you know, as of recently, you know, two weeks ago up here that one of my coworkers said that they saw something like that, except it was a very large, like a large oval shaped craft. Now, you know, their angle, you know, to the craft, was it maybe a a big orb, but they only saw it from underneath. So it looked like a disc or, you know, those kind of specifics I'm not sure of, but what I do know is how they were saying it was cloaked or how it was like distorting the light and that distortion of the light caught their attention. Yeah, and then the first pink light that I saw, like a pink orb, it just flickered kind of. It was off and on real quick, but it was like in the very middle of whatever this distorted, you know, craft was. Um, you know, whether it materialized into that craft, you know, I don't know, or if the orbs came out of it, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. Now, this but, might um, seem like a silly question, but it's always asked of people especially when they see orbs and stuff. And I want to see what, since now you're getting this experience with these types of craft or orbs or whatever they are, do you think that was being intelligently controlled? Yeah, I definitely do. Like whether it was um, some type of drone or, you know, uh, just some kind of intelligence. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, I think really orbs can be a variety of things, but as far as the cloak thing that, it's pretty new. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely believe in intelligence, especially the way that it shot off in that zigzag. And I forgot to mention his, um, I just don't want to put any names out there, but his his girlfriend also came out a little bit later at night, and they both had another sighting um, without me. And I, I mean, he's he's still, you know, it's kind of shattered his reality. Like, uh, yeah, he's, I don't think he slept at all on the first night. He, he made it. He said something like, "You know, about should we lock the doors?" I felt pretty bad. I made a bad joke to him. Told him, "Don't worry, it's just a little butt probe, man." <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I feel bad about that. Yeah, somebody did tell me, "Like Josh, it's not used to it." <laughs> There's a whole host of bad jokes that can uh, yeah, go from sorry. there. But now, was this that poor guy is never going to sleep again? Uh, yeah, <laughs> sleep sorry. with one eye open. Yeah, I told him I was joking. Yeah, I had to think about the fact he's not used to it. And Sonny pointed out that, you know, he's like, you weren't paying any attention to the orbs. And I was like, yeah, dude, I'm trying to, you know, I've seen orbs now. I mean, I love seeing the orbs, but this is something new, you know, that it's just, 
it just you know kind of put that push that to the side to me you know like i've seen that before i want to see what this is you know like it just catches your eye as soon as you see it and um, and the fact that he pointed it out too it's just like immediately it's like it makes me think of how a lot of time i'll go out and when i see these orbs it's exactly where i'm looking i don't know if it's because you know it's it wants to appear where i'm looking or if i'm sensing it you know that kind of like it you know like intuition i guess just you know tell me it's going to be right there and you know i, I, don't, I don't know but um i thought i really did think that you know just the way that he walked out and it's like immediately the first spot that he looked it was right there you know you know that's just a, a personal opinion of mine yeah but you're also able to catch them on video right yeah um, yeah yeah um not every time but uh sometimes yeah it's still kind of new to me to be honest but definitely so one of the things that we talked about as well was you know all of these weird synchronicities and stuff that have been going on and i think you have something that you discovered with um i don't know if it was the same person and the girlfriend or his wife that you you saw this these orbs with that freaked out but then you you discovered something else why don't you tell us about that that was really a cool story yeah um that's a, a friend of mine i'm not going to use his name <laughs> not the same friend that i'm speaking of now but um, i've lived here in warrington for a couple of years now he's one of the first friends i met or made whenever i came down here so um you know i've been hanging out with him you know, for a couple of years and or yeah, i'd say about you know a little over a year and that's whenever i started coming across all this ufo stuff and i started experiencing it again myself and i'm kind of just questioning everything and i mentioned it to him he's one of the first people i ever mentioned it to and i'm sitting here thinking you know i'm gonna get laughed at or ridiculed or something and um he you know he's extremely serious he's like no josh I'm like you know i believe it we believe it and both tell me that they've experienced something so it turns out um about 10 years before uh when they're both teenagers they uh both here in Wilmington it's Hampstead right you know next to Wilmington kind of like a small town outskirts of Wilmington well um they uh, uh they're, they're having a child together now by the way and uh, they're about to get married so uh the the male friend of mine uh he looks up and sees like this huge distorted triangular you know shape kind of like what you described um what you even watch described scene sounds almost identical to be honest and uh you know it's like blacked out sky behind it i guess um i think he said it had like a shimmery type effect to it i can't remember exactly the details but um what's really remarkable about it is that his, the woman that he's marrying now the mother of his son she experienced or witnessed the same craft the same summer they pieced pieced it together you know they they hadn't met until like five years after they both experienced this and when she saw it she looked up and it freaked her out so bad that she just kind of broke down in tears but they uh, sat down and started talking about it one day you know after they'd already been together for like a year ended up piecing it together and realizing that was the same summer you know of school that year and that uh, there was actually come to find out like quite a bit of people here uh, experienced it that night i think that weekend it was like multiple days that people experienced that same trying craft. i wish i knew the exact year um i could get it from sometime um, 
apparently it was even in the newspaper down here. Yeah, that'd be interesting to look up and see if there's people that reported that in that area. But what's cool is, is that these two people, they were, were they middle schoolers? And they didn't Um, know each other at the time? I think he, um, I think she was in ninth grade and she was in eighth grade. She's a little bit younger. But yeah, they they didn't know each other until years afterwards. And they didn't find out until they, after they'd been together already for about a year or so. And that's, you know, they, I don't know how they caught on the subject one day, but, you know, it turned out it was a life-changing event for both of them. They had, didn't even realize it, you know. That is, that is bizarre. Yeah, that's, I think that's really uh, incredible. It's, yeah, it's bizarre. I don't know. To me, um, I, I just sorry. I mean, so out like they're two of the last people I would have ever expected to you know hear this from, and I had already you know known them both for like a year before. So yeah, and there's been more you know like that. There's a lot of people that are coming out now that are talking about this stuff, and you know, there's always going to be those people that are in denial, even though they see it with their own eyes. You know, they ask for you know. UFOs to land on the White House lawn, and if they actually did, they wouldn't believe it. They would say it was some kind of conspiracy or something like that, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, hell, I'm a science teacher, man. I didn't believe any of this stuff. Did I believe that there could have been extraterrestrial life? Yeah. You know, the universe is huge. There's lots of planets, lots of stars. Chances are that, yeah, there's more life out there than just here. But would they be here? You know, in in the scientific mind, you know, you think, you know, unless they have some way to travel faster than light, even even an advanced civilization is not going to be able to survive a trip to where we're at to like our nearest star. You know, it'd be a very, very long time if they could not go at least the speed of light. And if they could, it would be like five years at the speed of light to to reach here. But obviously now, when we were talking about Skinwalker Ranch and what you, what you found out, this is this is what I thought was cool, was that I asked you if you knew anything about the terrain or the local area that might be a part. Sometimes geology plays a part in, you know, ghost sightings and uh, things like that. Like there's certain crystalline structures that might be underground that might trap energy and, you know, things like that. But you found out that there's something going on there close to your town, which I think, you know, and we could jump even comparing some of this to like Skinwalker Ranch, Um, you know, portals and things so yeah so tell us what what you found out right um so yeah i found out from uh seb talk she was the uh, first guest on my my podcast uh trivia time uh that there's a vortex uh in the north carolina area um i believe it's on uh ley lines um if i'm not mistaken uh yeah yeah sorry uh she showed me like a map and I apologize. I meant to send that to you actually before we did this, but I'll send it to you afterwards. That's cool. And she's got, you know, all these like, uh, I guess like hot spots for activity, you know, around and 
people are going there to just ride around, you know, the Fayetteville, you know, Wilmington area, actually. And, um, you know, it's right there, you know, the Cape Fear River is really, and I'm not the least bit surprised, to be honest. I've met other people now since the last time I spoke with you that said they had, um, actually somebody came on Chad Smith's podcast who I had some crazy synchronicities with, by the way, I'll have to get on that later. Um, out of this world, really. Uh, he, he saw his first UFO starting at the Cape Fear River. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, and there's a, another ghost hunter guy that was on Chad's podcast as well. He said he came here and, uh, you know, there's a lot of activity more on the paranormal side. Yeah, it seems like that's a that's a hotbed of of activity there. And if there is some type of a ley line slash vortex, however that works, that's that they're saying is there. That kind of makes sense. I mean, now you're seeing, you know, a shadow person, and then these orbs appearing and disappearing. And that river wasn't that river where you had your first sighting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the very first one, the first one that was about him. Chris Bledsoe, too, right? Right, right. That's where he had his four hours of missing time. Uh, yeah, that's where I had my very first one, the one that curved and just shot off that I didn't speak of to really anybody for about five years. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> it's also where I met the uh, <laughs> Anunnaki stranger. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still. I love telling that story. I used to be so hesitant on it. Uh, I I still don't know, you know, if that's, that guy is what he said he was, but the stuff I said happened, you know, that definitely happened. Have you seen him around town at all lately? No, and I've actually, <laughs> I will admit, I've, I've drove by there before to that spot just to see if he might be, but I have not seen him once. So, it's so weird, yeah. Well, it's... That is that is very very strange, man. So, what else has happened to you with the the UFO orbs within the last, I don't know, week or two? Um, I wouldn't say really uh much other than what I told you about earlier, as far as like the last week or two. Um, oh, oh well, I will say about um uh, about four weeks ago. Yeah, um, yeah, I saw one that I I don't know how to say it. Um. I don't know. It felt more. I've got this opinion that some of these orbs are maybe just completely extraterrestrial. Some could be more spiritual. You know, and I used to just be completely nuts and bolts. You know, as, as they say, it's starting to get a little cliche to me now, but um, that's how I was really. And now I've kind of changed, but I saw uh, one that just kind of felt personal to me. This was about four four weeks ago, and um four or five weeks ago really uh my my grandmother was going through some medical issues and she's okay now she's doing really good but she was hospitalized and um i don't know i just was kind of thinking something in my head right whenever i did it was just absolutely incredible it looked like sparks flew off it almost like a i mean so if one person were to see it and not look straight at it they, they would say it was a shooting star but I, I want to ask, like, you know, are shooting stars supposed to go up? Like, because that's, you know, I never thought, you know, gravity makes them go down, right? That's why, yeah. I, you know, I've always assumed. Yeah, if it, if it's a, if it's a meteor, yeah, it, it's just a shooting star and it's on its way down. They usually don't make it to the ground. They usually burn up in the atmosphere. 
and it's usually pretty quick unless they're they're large enough and then you'll you'll get an impact and right but you won't ever see one going up though right like at an upward angle like that's that's what kind of you know and it wasn't even a straight line it was up and kind of with the curve and it looked like almost like sparks flew off of it whatever first split second um no, yeah, you don't. You don't see rocks moving, <laughs> moving up at a high rate of speed from the ground towards space, unless they're being launched. But in order for you to see it, it would have to be moving so fast to create that friction uh, that it would have to be burning up on its way out, and th- that's the opposite of what happens. Yeah, yeah. So I wish I knew how to explain how these orbs work. But I really, I can't. It's totally just you know, I. I had a belief system built up and just now I've experienced things that just made me look at everything differently. I, I try to keep a little bit of skepticism, you know, for everything, but I'm open-minded now to just, you know, so much more than I ever thought I would be. And um, Well, you know, you're, you're open-minded and to the point now you're having people approach you, aren't you? Yeah. Um, just, just somebody you were talking to recently, uh, with uh, some missing time, I think you said. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A friend of mine. Uh, I don't know if he's here right now or not. He was out there talking to my roommate earlier. Yeah, this is a guy. <laughs> it was synchronistic. Um, I already been hanging out with him for a couple of weeks. Just a you know cool guy that met and you know, uh, uh, him and his girlfriend tell me that you know through conversation, I kind of like just uh was beating around the bush. I guess trying to like build a vibe as they're open to it. And uh, they tell me that, you know, they've experienced orbs and stuff. They're, you know, both of them, you know, together. You know, so he, he had, uh, I think four hours of missing time is what he told me. And actually me and you were on the phone with him earlier. That some of that stuff you heard us first time I'd heard of it. I, I actually speaking to him about possibly coming on and sharing his story, but it, I feel like he's still searching for a lot of answers himself. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He uh, spoke of um, if, um, if I'm not mistaken, correct me because you know, I think this is the part that you were there for. Didn't he say something about like electricity? It looked like he said he saw like a flash, but he was inside of his house. And next thing he remembers, four hours of time he'd gone by, and he woke up outside, like close to his neighbor's yard. You know, to this day, I guess doesn't have any explanation for it. If I remember right, he said he was out of breath, like he had been, yeah, yeah, like he had been running or something like that. But four hours had passed after this flash of light. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. You know, yeah, he said he was woke up out of breath, exhausted, like you know, he just for the marathon. And then, yeah, he said way out in the yard, you know, almost in his neighbor's yard. Uh, it's it's you crazy. Guys got- stuff, you know? We spoke about some other stuff afterwards about him getting a check for implants. I, I don't know. I feel like I kind of messed his head up a little bit. <laughs> I started showing him some, uh, is it Roger Lear? You know, yeah. The implants. <laughs> started showing him some videos, you know. And, uh, yeah, you, <laughs> you should be looking started. for any types of scars or anything. And, uh, man, that's, yeah, that's crazy. So you guys got a lot of stuff going on down there. We're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsor. Hey there, it's Richard Serrett, occasional weekend guest host of Coast to Coast AM 
and host of The Conspiracy Show. And you're listening to Wayne and Michelle's Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. Hi there. This is Christina Gomez of Paradigm Shifts and the Debrief Media. And you're listening to Wayne and Michelle on the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. Yeah, it's crazy. I've, I've already been, you know, known this guy for like two weeks and i find this out and he even mentioned it himself he's like man guys i can't believe i even met you and he starts telling me just the circumstances that we met even were uh really all, like cause i think he was supposed to supposed to leave town or something like that and he ended up uh not doing it and um i, I, don't, I don't remember all the details but it was like one of those you know weird circumstances where we actually ended up running into each other and you know we just you know hung out a little bit and just him and his girlfriend will come over and hang out and stuff. Sometimes I'll go hang out with him. And we just started talking about it, you know, like the, him seeing the warps and stuff. And it wasn't until, like, you know, about um, about four or five days later, he starts telling me about the missing time thing. You, you heard that yourself earlier with me. Yeah. Yeah, synchronicities are crazy. Um, I did want to mention uh, sometime uh, about some of the other orbs uh, or sightings that I had that I didn't mention in the first podcast. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so uh, I do need to ask you this. I can't remember. Did I tell you about the um, any of the premonition type things that started happening with me? I, like the uh, the girl that I mentioned her and um, yeah, her she had, yeah, and then she called you like a couple weeks later. You had told uh, Sev about it, and yeah. you wrote it down and everything too. Yeah, I, I emailed it to her. Yeah, like, yeah. Her name. Yeah, it was a few weeks later. She ended up contacting me because she had a near death experience, or she had just had one. You know, contact me afterwards, and um, and I hadn't seen her in you know like ten years, and, and there's just so many odd things. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was really bizarre. Well, um, I think it was um, uh, almost exactly two weeks. Uh. I'm sorry, I always get them mixed up. I have a sighting of a crescent-shaped craft. I don't know if I mentioned that before. As the until just this past uh, two weekends, it was the two weekends ago with the the cloak-looking craft I mentioned seeing with my roommate. Until then, it was the only craft I'd actually seen. Everything oh, okay, yeah. Um, I didn't mention that the first podcast that I. I you know, I I swear I remember you saying something about a crescent-shaped craft. I ended up finding out it was the same. It had a foggy surface to it. It was yeah. like this crescent shape. Yeah. You know, yeah, it had a foggy surface to it. It was kind of transparent, but perfect shape. And you know, I found out later that it was the same shape of the craft that um, uh, I always forget his name. The first guy who ever coined the term. Uh, oh, Kenneth. Yeah, shape. Kenneth uh, Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, that same exact shape that he, you know, he actually uh, described. With the craft that he saw, if you remember, it was a crescent with like a kind of a point coming out the middle of it, you know, and point right. towards the inside of the crescent. I had never even heard of him or those craft whenever I've seen this. You know, this is um, early on for me. And um, it was three sightings that were uh, consecutive. I remember whenever this first happened, the first one was the orb that came up my, my left shoulder. Whenever I had the uh, dream that correlated with it, it was two weeks ago. It was the same time each time. It was around five o'clock in the morning. And um, I mean, like it was, you know, this Saturday, two weeks later, next Saturday, it's crescent shape. Two weeks later, I have another orb come over the right shoulder instead. And it does almost the 
same exact identical thing as the first goal did, where it comes to an immediate stop, it flashes, and I see the flash hit the bottom of when there wasn't nearly as much clouds in the sky this night, but I can still see the flash go outwards, you know, and it wasn't nearly as bright. But um, it still is just, you know, so bizarre. I think, like, you know, why the time, you know, and it's, it made me feel like, you know, it, it wanted me to see it. I know it sounds pretty odd, but it's, um, yeah, that, that is how I, I No, it I sounds like when they flash, they're, they are trying to get your attention. Yes. So um, they, do, they want you to see them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely feel that way. I didn't need to correct something, actually. The, the crescent that I saw, the two orbs were at the exact same time, five o'clock. The crescent that was around two o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah. That was after we had tried to do a C5 thing and nothing happened. It was with a random group of people that I met. And as soon as I get home, you know, I'll have that experience. Oh, that's so you guys, <laughs> you guys tried the CE5. I think what do they call it? The yeah. CE5 protocol to, to call these things to make yeah. contact, and yeah. nothing happens when you guys do it, and then you go home. And then you see the orb, or was it the yeah. craft? It was that was the craft that I, I saw that night. <laughs> so um, yeah, I almost didn't want to tell anybody. You know, I felt <laughs> I didn't want to be jealous. I, was, I remember I felt so. Uh, I don't know. Just I was so new into everything. We did like the whole little meditation circle, but um, something did happen. It just wasn't uh, like a sighting. Um, and there's a. There's this lady named Bobby Morse. She's a really sweet lady. She's uh she's been on Chad Smith's podcast a couple of times. I actually okay. introduced her to Chad. I don't know if you've seen her on there or not. And she's always in the chat. She does readings and stuff and she, she remote views and she's actually the person who got me believing in remote viewing. She told me after we did this C five thing that she couldn't make it, but she remote viewed us and she saw white flashing light. If I'm repeating this, I apologize. But um, what was really odd is that um, when I was meditating, the girl next to me, right after we finished, she mentioned that she saw a white flashing light in her head. And that's exactly what I saw when we were meditating right at the end of it. And uh, the guy who was, uh, I guess, um, leading, leading the meditation or guiding it, he mentioned that the, um, I always forget what it's called, is it an EMF reader? The, um, there was a, a paranormal investigator that came and brought yeah. one of those. Um, it started buzzing right at the end of it. And, um, oh wow! Yeah, so that was that was pretty odd, you know. And the fact that Bobby, you know, she mentioned seeing a circle, which I thought she could have guessed, you know, that we would be in a circle meditating. But the fact that she um she saw a white flashing light just really, you know, that, that just really struck me. You know. Any idea what it was? I have no idea. That's what I was going to say. Um. I, I know I got home that night and you know that happened as soon as I get home and um, I actually did message uh, Chris Bledsoe the next day and uh, this is when I'm still very very early on in August and I'm still kind of going to like a freak out phase and Seb you know mentions that uh, I really was you know it's like I'd be excited and you know, kind of freaked out at the same time you know but um Chris, what he told me was that I asked to see a craft and they showed me one. And I, I did, I, whenever we did see five thing, one of the people that were there, I told him, you know, I've seen a few orbs now. I want to see a craft. And uh, I'll be damned if it didn't happen. Wasn't like I was expecting. And it was flying on its side. Um, I think I drew a picture of it, you know, if you might have seen that. 
first picture I drew was sloppy because my hands were actually so shaking from it. But it's like it was, you know, like a crescent on its side. And it was just not fast either. And um, it faded away. And I remember looking at the trees to see if the wind was blowing and trees are dead still. And there's no fog, cloud in the sky anywhere. And it's um, just, you know, like, as soon as I walk out, just bam, just like over some apartments at that. You know, it's just, it just blew my mind. I'm thinking, you know, how is this thing not falling out the sky? Would you be able to like estimate how big it, how big this thing was? I tell people about it seemed like it was about the size of like I could be a little off. It really looked like it was about like the size of a two story house. Um, oh wow! Not even exaggerating, yeah, it had size on it. That's what freaked me out. To be honest, I almost dropped my phone off of um, the apartment, the third floor balcony. Oh, when you when you saw it, you dropped your phone. Yeah, I almost dropped it off the third floor. Um, I tried to, I mean, I was already holding my phone. Sorry. That's, uh, yeah, I didn't even think about trying to record it. I just remember walking out and already have my phone looking at something. And I looked up and see that. And, you know, first thought it goes to my head is, like, what the F is that? And just, I was just kind of so shocked. I just remembered my hands immediately started shaking. I, I think it's just because of the, not because I felt threatened or anything, just because of the size of this thing that I'm seeing it this odd shape and it's that shape that I drew you know it's that perfect shape I mean literally like a fine edges everything just perfect it's just got a foggy surface and it's like I can see straight through it and it glides for a few seconds and it just fades out just like you know just almost like a ghost I know how weird that sounds but that's what I what I experienced you know I don't know how to explain it I wish I knew how to explain it it shattered my reality it really did first I'll see these orbs and I'm like okay this is cool and then I see this massive thing, and it's just, you know, over Wilmington, you know, a busy area. Right, there. right. I mean, it's just, uh, it's hard to get a little excited to tell my stories. Well, you know, it's hard. It's hard with the orbs because you can't really get any detail off of what you're seeing. I mean, they're flashing. They're zipping around. We've seen them here. I've got some pictures of them, and. Michelle's got some video and we've had some people send us some videos and stuff and they look like little balls of light, but they're so bright. You can't really get a good feel for how far away they are or what size they are, but you can definitely tell that they're not Chinese lanterns because they're going against the wind and they're going up, they're going down, they're going backwards, they're going forward. They're, they're moving around and could these be faked? Could they be drones or something? Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, there are people out there that are faking these things and yeah, could put some very, right. They could put some very bright lights on these things, but okay. So you're going to go out and fly a drone between two and five in the morning in the hopes that while you're flying it around, somebody's going to be out there to see it and freak out and then take videos of it or whatever it, it just you know you, you're you're really committed let me let me say that these people are really committed to faking these things if that's what what's going on here and you know i i just is it possible yes is it plausible i don't i don't think so and and i don't know drones that can take off at high rates of speed 
and they're usually too small to be tracked on radar. So these things that the government's tracking and things with their newer sophisticated radars are not, you know, it's not one drone. It's not two drones. You know, the, the video of, uh, who was it? Fravor, I think it was, or it was the, the other, uh, video where they were on the East coast, but they talk about there being a whole fleet of these things coming out of the sky. Yeah. They got to say something daily. Yeah. You know, and I don't know, man, until we catch one, (laughs) until we can get our hands on one, you know, or, or whatever, that's, that's what I would like to do. (laughs) It's, you know, I want, I want to figure this out because there is like ball lightning and things like that. There's plasma discharges and stuff like that, but not like, not like this. Did I tell you about the um the meta material that that Lou Elizondo retrieved from Bledsoe's? Yeah, I think we had touched on that before. Do you have some uh, some more information on that? I, I just I can't remember if I mentioned that to you before. Um, and I don't want to speak, you know, for you know Chris Bledsoe, but I mean, I definitely know for a fact that it's happened. Lou Elizondo openly admits it on you know uh, that UFO podcast. That he retrieved this, you know, this meta material, and from um, you know, what I've been told by, you know, Chris and Chris Jr. that this ball of light, you know, solid energy, you know, apparently, and it wasn't high above the ground, solidified into a, um, you know, transformed to a metallic sphere, and as it was doing it, it was dripping like this molten liquid, and that liquid solidified to like a metallic puddle of that's what the meta material was that they retrieved and um you know to me like you know like you said what technology does that you know i mean how do you go from you know something energy to a solid it just it's mind-boggling to me um yeah i can't wrap my head around that wasn't it tom delong and uh elizondo that that went there they they went and met with blood so right so i mean that's that's public record yeah and he's got pictures of him on his facebook you know chris does it's not something that you know he's it's not like it's something that he's keeping secret about and like i said yeah. Lou Alzano was asked openly about it on another podcast so i mean if you wouldn't doubt it you know you can go you know i wish i had an episode number right now but i mean you can you can just ask the guy i mean chris blood so he's open i mean he he puts old videos up every single day. I know you probably seen them. Yep. Um, yeah, it's the stuff's real. You know whether people like it or not. <laughs> I don't mean to sound bad, but it definitely is. I don't know how it works, but um. Well, and and they're not satellites either. I know people would say oh, that you know they not. could be. No, they're not satellites. Satellites don't go underneath clouds. Yeah, I've seen them right. below. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them where that like that is just. To me, I, I don't want to laugh at people because they haven't. And I don't, you know, I'm not trying to say that I'm the most experienced person because this is new to me. But I've seen them low enough where I, you know, anybody tries to tell me their satellites, I'm like, I'm going to respectfully just disagree because I know for a fact, you know, nobody could ever convince me now that they're satellites. I've seen a couple of you know low, low, like even lower than the one I told you originally flashed, you know. Um, where it hit the bottom of the clouds. I seen another one that was so low. I mean, um, yeah, this is, uh, I want to say right about the time that I did the last podcast with you. Uh, it might have been right afterwards. Um, 
maybe about a week or so, the one it seemed like it was low enough that it could have hit the power lines. And it's uh, as I'm you know, just walking the road, it was a small one, but it was su- super bright, and, but it wasn't very big. And it just kind of streaked across. I mean, um, you, you know, I know some people might want to say, you know, oh, it could have been a firefly or something, but no, no, like definitely like this was so bright. It almost seemed electric. It just, and it just zipped straight across. And it, whenever it did it, it wasn't in a straight, completely straight line. It was kind of curved. And um, I don't know. I just, I get that feeling whenever it happens like that, when, especially when it's close like that. Um, it gave me the same feeling I did whenever the one flashed. And I don't know if I mentioned this the first time, but when that one flashed and it hit the bottom of the clouds and the, the light kind of illuminated my balcony that I was sitting on for just a blink of an eye. Um, I, I don't know. I just got such a strong euphoria. I can't even put in words. It almost, um, uh, got, I, I don't know how to say it. Like, I, it almost got me emotional. I, I don't, you know, I can't explain why it's this powerful, you know, seeing something that you think you know, shouldn't be real and, you know, there it is. And it's also kind of like the, along the lines of uh, the way that it was happening. It was kind of like, it was verifying for me that, you know, I wasn't, you know, losing my crap, to be honest, you know, because I was going through a struggle, you know, like I mentioned last time. Yeah. It's adrenaline, man. It's, uh, you know, you're, you're seeing something that you're, you are not, it would be like seeing a dinosaur come walking out of the woods for the first time. And you're like, what is that doing there? You might know it's a dinosaur, but you know, it's not supposed to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Sony described, uh, I spoke to Sony right after I went to Chris's and recorded all those one second on video. He said the best way to describe me was a mix of extreme fear and excitement. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good, pretty good way, yeah, to explain how I felt, um, especially early on. No, I've gotten a bit more used to it. But, um, well, when I was in flight school, when I was taking my private pilot's license, you know, we were we were always joking around with the flight instructor and stuff. And one of the things that he said was, you know, being a pilot, it's long periods of boredom while you're, you know, flying the plane. It's basically, you know, autopilot and it's doing its own thing for long periods of time. And then those periods of time are usually interrupted with sheer moments of terror. You know, usually when you're getting ready to land or there's a lot of things going on or you think something's going wrong because being in an airplane, you know, that's the last place you want to start having some kind of problems or, you know, you, you have a close call with another aircraft or something like that. And, you know, everything's fine and, and relaxed. And then all of a sudden it's, it's instant adrenaline and and terror. Like, Oh my God, what is going to happen now? So. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. Definitely. Did, uh, did you happen to see? I don't mean to change the subject up, but um, on Chad Smith's podcast the other day, uh, I know I get on the subject synchronicities a lot. I, I have a lot of you know theories about that, but there was a guest that came on there, and um, I didn't mean to like take over his show, but me and him, man, we just uh, started finding out a few things. Turned out we had all these crazy synchronicities that lined up. So. Um, not only uh, his name was uh, John, I think like John the paranormal guy, just on there maybe like two or three weeks ago. 
I did not see that one. Uh, it was wild. This is right at the beginning of it, too. Find out that he lived in Wilmington for a little bit. And uh, he also almost died in a car accident, like I did. He had his first UFO sighting at Cape Fear River, like I did. Uh, it gets better. <laughs> so, um, turns out he lived about a mile and a half away from where I live right now. And then, like, get this, and look, we're like, I swear to you, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> we found this stuff out live, like, we're on, you know, a live podcast realizing this crap. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm being set up right now. And I think Chad was thinking the same thing. Find out that we worked at the same job <laughs> and drove the same truck. <laughs> Are you kidding? I swear to God, like I'm, I asked the guy, I was like, "Is this something that you experience regularly as far as synchronicities?" And he was like, "Oh yeah." And I was like, "Okay." I said, "I'm glad I'm not the only one." But I mean, it's just it was wild. You know, we're literally finding this out on live air <laughs> on Chad's podcast. So horrible. I felt like we Man, that's there for a minute. That's definitely yeah. something that could only happen to you at this point. I mean, oh, in the man. last podcast when I called you the the strangeness magnet, man. Yeah, anybody that doesn't believe that, they can just go watch that episode of Chad Smith Podcast. It's John the Paranormal Guy. <laughs> Remember, Michelle said that, that she had a student, you know, uh, Bledsoe, right? I had a Chris oh, yeah. Bledsoe years ago as a student. Uh, yeah, I forgot to ask him about that. I'm sorry. I, I definitely need to. I'm going to write that down. You yeah, that was, that. oh, geez, that probably was a good, I don't know, 18 years ago, yeah. maybe even more. When, you know, Michelle was was first getting into teaching, right? Was that like? Oh, it was back at my, the first building I was at. So, well, and I know, well, I've been teaching for 22 years. Okay. So, so you well, know, what did you teach? Seventh grade. Um, seventh grade, seventh grade, eighteen. I would have to do. I got. I cannot do math in my head right now. Um, well, just you're just gonna have to ask them, dude, yeah, because that's crazy. Yeah, it's that, still a pretty coincidentally, delay. Yeah. If it um, turns out that he was up here going to school for a short <laughs> period of time, well, Michelle had him as a student because you know last name Bledsoe is not all that popular yeah. and it, it you know she had this kid 20 some years ago and she still remembers the name so yeah. that's yeah all right man well we've been at it already for over an hour was there anywhere else you wanted to uh go and and talk about before we uh wrap this up uh yeah actually um oh god let's write down a few things but um so uh, we got on the subject earlier about the whole uh, astral projection thing, these black-eyed children, kind of something I, I didn't know if you wanted to get on that or not. But um, I don't know. I kind of want to ask you a little bit about that, to be honest, man, if that's okay. Yep. You might be a little more familiar with it. So I think I left out the first time. Uh, I did. I left that part out right about the beginning of the stream. And, um, so yeah, it's a, a more creepier aspect of my story. Uh, that dream is usually, you know, I mean, it's it's more positive when I look at it. I always look at it as positive. Now the experience. the dream that you're talking about was the one that you had that was a couple years before the accident, right? Where you a year, a year, okay. And and this was the dream where it was your grandfather, and they were saying, you know, everything's going to be okay, 
and you weren't really sure what was going on. But what's the what's the creepier aspect of that story that you didn't tell us the first time? Yeah, um, so I, I mentioned this privately to Chad Smith and a couple other people before. I just usually don't include telling people this. When I first woke up with the, the vertigo in the stream, um, there was a what should have been a friend of mine, but uh, uh, and I knew it wasn't my friend just by the way that this person was standing there and had no emotion whatsoever and um just did still in solid jet black freaky looking eyes i mean just like no no white in the eyes whatsoever just completely black and um yeah i uh i locked eyes with this you know which uh, like a it's like a well i can't think of the word like a um disguise of what should have been my friend and the way that it was staring at me was like it was observing me and it didn't move at all just locked eyes with me and this one i'm using the walls to hold myself up you know it's whenever i made my way to the back of my house so yeah um, i spoke with president in about this whenever he came one show the other day he told me you know everything i described a lot of it sounds like i really astral projected um i mentioned that earlier and he you know had this thought that you know maybe that being it took on the form of something i was familiar with and that could have been something if i was was astral projecting you know like you said and i was maybe going through these doorways you know kind of like a i guess moving up you know dimensions or however it works out i don't really know how astral projection works but i'm I'm definitely looking into it but you know pretty much like something was observing whether it was extraterrestrial or you know something more of like a spirit but he told me you know that the um solid black eye thing is something that recurs a lot and i had never heard of it before this experience you know you mentioned earlier like black eye children and stuff and um, i'm not too familiar with it man but um uh, is there anything you could fill me in with on that like briefly well michelle knows a little bit about yeah, well, the, probably more than i do it, it's more of um it's typically either young children or um teenagers as far as how they present themselves. Well, yeah, he was um, a at the top. Um, my friend, and there, there's always an asking of permission. Like they, they want an invite, um, either for a ride somewhere, an invite into your home, um, and there's often kind of like an absence of time after they've gained acceptance. <laughs> So if there was a question asked and you gave an answer of yes, then that's where the, you know, the, the attachment or the invite into like a a vehicle or your home would take place. And then I've heard stories of the absence of time if they are allowed in. But this sounds like it's a little bit different. It sounds like that that what was going on here had the appearance of one of these black eyed children, but yet it sounds like this thing was observing you during this astral projection. Like if, if you were, it's it's the stage that had the vertigo too. And that's why Preston mentioned it maybe being something that was observing me cross over, I guess in a way. Um, It's like when I I woke up in this dream, I woke up on my couch exactly where I was lying down. And um, she mentioned time thing. I didn't, 
I'm not going to say like an absence of time, but uh, it, it was almost like a reverse effect. Like I woke up, found I hadn't been asleep very long at all. Like literally, maybe just a, a couple minutes or something. But this dream felt like I, I just it taking place over like ten minutes or something. You know, it's it's really strange. Um, well, that that could have something to do with it because you know I have heard that these that these things are are also like. yeah they're but they're like the watchers right they're observers of of things going on and maybe somehow you know when you started to do that astral projection this thing you know came to observe your what was what was happening to you and then when you came back you happened to see it and it, it just took a form of a of a friend, but yeah, like Michelle was saying, well, you know, at I've, the very beginning, the very beginning of this dream, like as soon as the dream starts, when I first get up and I have the vertigo, that's whenever I see it. And then whenever I walk through, there's three doors in the dream. And I hear people talk about three a lot. There's three people. I always leave out the black eyed figure, so most people think there's only two people in this oh, dream. Oh, okay. Um, so once uh, once you started the projection you saw this thing there immediately yeah when i started it uh the first thing that happened was i got up off my couch i thought i had actually woken up and i fell straight to the floor i, I believe i mentioned this in the first podcast yeah um and i yeah i had to use the walls to actually hold myself up in like the kitchen counter and i was trying to make my way back to my bedroom and as soon as i walked through the first door the vertigo immediately stopped and that's whenever i'm in the big box room and i see the the man in the chair that was waiting for me and said he heard a lot about me. And um, another thing that pressed him into was that whenever I walked through, you know, he, he said there was somebody that wanted to see me, the man who was in the chair. But if you remember, um, fit the description, my, my great-grandfather, not the grandfather I hug in the stream, but the great-grandfather who he he was killed uh, shortly before I was born. Right. Um, and when, but whenever I walked through his last door, when I'm in front of my grandfather's house, I mentioned to him, you know, that I opened this door and it's like I'm immediately transported in front of my grandparents' house. But he was really, um, he really pointed out the fact that, you know, I really put a heavy emphasis on the fact that I felt like my senses were dialed up like 211 whenever I walked through his last door. Um, well, the last door is whenever, you know, I knocked on it, my grandfather answered and hugged me. But whenever I knocked on the door and I'm in front of his house, I really remember feeling like, like to this day, I, like the the sun making my eyes water. I remember feeling that sensation. I feel like I could smell the grass and everything looks super vibrant, like almost like so HD realistic, like so, I don't want to say computer animated, but it's so high depth. It was like more realistic than actual reality is right now. Right. That makes any sense. I know it yep. sounds really bizarre, but that's exactly how I felt. And then I knocked on this last door and it's, you know, and I, I knew my grandfather was going to answer this last door before I knocked on it. Yeah, I knocked on it, and he's there. And just like everything else, being so high depth, it's like I can remember him so perfectly detailed in this dream. And it's better than the memories I have of him as a child or any picture I have of him. Mom. It's just, um, yeah, I've been wondering if it, that was an astral projection type dream, you know, for a while. And it's kind of um, uh, relieving me to hear president say that you know that does sound like an astral projection like me seeing a relative you know yeah yeah usually the black-eyed children there's 
more than one usually. And, and it's like Michelle was saying that they, they want to get access to your car or to your house. And, and, but they, and they seem like they can't come in. It's almost like a vampire. They can't enter your house unless they have permission. And then if you give them that permission, things start to go wrong, you know, pretty quickly, the missing time. And, um, I don't know. There's been some reports of some, some really bad things that have happened to people. Um, but you know, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure on, on those. I don't know, Michelle, did you, uh, know anything else about, you know, if they do gain access? There's a multitude of things that can happen. Yeah. So based on the stories uh, that have been told. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned you earlier. I don't want to say the family member's name, but that's all. Yeah, I have another family member I found out here recently that's been having experiences of their own. Oh, really? Yeah. uh, Yeah, I don't want to mention, you know, which family member this is. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. I spoke to you about it earlier a little bit. Um, Yeah, so when his family member was a child, it's always really kind of uh, bugged me. It freaks me out a little bit. Uh, This child was... um, this family was a child in a high chair in my dream. I walk into my kitchen and I see this, you know, relative of mine, this close relative would just, it's so freaky. I get chills or nothing. They're just like a, a baby would just saw black eyes and uh, freak me out. Um, you know, this is years. Like I was a teenager whenever I had this dream, you know, way long before I believed in this. Like I remember even, you know, praying for it and I'm not, you know, overly religious person, but you know, sometimes I do pray. Um, well, I mean, more now than I ever did before, actually. But um, found out, you know, years later, actually just here recently, that this same family member has been having um, experiences more along the paranormal, you know, side, uh, seeing apparitions and, you know, uh, people that shouldn't be there. It's like for a blink of an eye for a split moment, there's a person there, kind of like six sense type stuff is really what it reminds me of. And um, the the mother of this family member, told me at first that uh, she thought she was just having, you know, imaginary friend type experiences until one day she said, and she's only like six or seven years old. And, um, and I want to put out there, I found this out because uh, I had a few people ask me, you know, if I have any family members who have experiences because a lot of people say this runs in the family, in the, the family line, sorry. Um, well, uh, as a child, she tells her mother that there's a person laying on the, she saw a person lying on the couch, uh, completely wrapped up in duct tape. And, um, yeah, it's just freaky, just bizarre, you know, and that really, um, uh, I guess got her asking more questions and stuff, you know, like wanting to know what she was seeing, you know, she was really seeing this and she would say sometimes it looked like she's walking through the grocery store, like for a blink of an eye, there's a person walking there. And, um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's gotten me a little concerned here lately because I feel like um, the uh, it's having a fear kind of you know putting an impact on her in a negative way. So I'm trying to actually do what I can to help with that. But um, it's uh, yeah, that that's just kind of like another reason why I feel like this whole paranormal UFO stuff. I feel like it's all connected some type of way, and I feel like you know consciousness really is probably what holds that connected thread? Well, you know, it, it makes me think that 
you know, we were talking about your area and there being a, a vortex and a, and a ley line and, and things like that. And, you know, that to me would be kind of like an explanation as to why people are, it seems like that these orbs or whatever are drawn to the area. And, and now you're starting to see some of the craft a little bit more. Maybe you're, you're kind of getting used to what you have to look for and, and you're able to start to see them because you're getting more used to it. But I'm just wondering if these energies that are in that area in, you know, I'm not a big woo guy. I mean, I, yeah, I don't no, know. You, I think it could be both. Uh, like, I, I think it could be both somehow. Like, I think maybe we could all, maybe we all could have, you know, an ability to see certain things. Maybe certain peoples are triggered and they get, I yeah, mean, depending uh, on the energy in the yeah. area. Yeah, you know, it, it kind of makes you think of like a like a neuroplasticity type thing, where it's like we're just seeing different spectrums of light. I guess if I'm saying that correctly, and yep. maybe that's like what a lot of these energies could be. You know, um, I don't know. That's just my way of trying to make sense of it. There's all kinds of of light waves out there that we don't see. We only see a very small fraction of of these waves that we call visible light and that is your your spectrum but outside of that you've got gamma rays x-rays which you know everybody uses to get their bones you know pictures of their bones done and stuff right yeah yeah there's radio waves we don't see those but we know that they are they're working you know they're out there so there's i was gonna say i saw something with a mantis shrimp that could see like crap ton more you know spectrums of light and colors that you know i guess we can't even comprehend or that we, you know, right. we can't see i guess with our with our naked eye i guess i'm sure they can see it through you know other types of you know readings but um yeah it's, that's kind of like where i feel like um i don't know i think that technology is so far advanced ahead of us would seem like magic but also feel like whenever it comes to a lot more of the paranormal stuff you know that is, it's energy basically that's just my way of trying to make sense of it you know whether yeah it's, it seems like there's there's energy being manipulated in ways that we don't understand and that's what makes the the technologies that whatever these things are i mean obviously the government thinks that these things are something and that you know they're investigating it and you know, they they were their hand was forced to come out and admit that you know we don't know what these things are. Yeah, we've been studying them kind of haphazardly under the table a little bit, you know, for the last seventy years. And yeah, we've had active disinformation campaigns out there to make people seem like they're kooks that see this stuff. But uh, oops, my bad. You know, kind of a thing. Yeah. And, and yeah, they're real. So now we now we're gonna fight about who gets to really investigate it—the Department of Defense, or is it gonna be a a congressional team that's put together? I mean, you know, now now the silliness starts instead of just trying to look for answers. But you know, obviously there's something there, and I think that there's something down there in your area that you know, might, might be triggering people down there. And, you know, the more they, yeah. Yep. Fort Bragg's down there. And, uh, 
So I, you know, it, it's the woo, man. I, I mean, it's, there's a lot going on. So, I mean, I guess, you know, the, the only thing I could recommend is just keep at it. Keep letting people know. I'm glad you've started your podcast now and can get people on there to talk about it. Collect evidence, man, collect as much evidence as you can, because that's, that's the only thing who knows you might get another visit here at some point from uh, maybe it'll be you instead of blood. So uh, getting a visit from Elizondo and, you know, to the stars Academy and, well, you know, well, you, I mean, dude, well, you never know. You never know. So yeah, you're right. And, um, what I'm, I'm, I love doing what I'm doing with the uh, whole podcasting, just, you know, speaking to other people, it all kind of happened on accident really. Um, it always does, man. It yeah. seems like it always does. You yeah, know, for, for, for my wife and I, it's the same thing. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Uh, I just, I work a lot better uh, actually hearing something from a person themselves as far as like an experience like that. I know you can't learn everything from TV and internet and stuff, you know. Um, I don't know, it's just something about like speaking to a person and hearing their personal experiences. Um, I'm trying to just be open-minded with everybody and um, not just specifically talk about UFOs, just even like quantum physics, just stranger aspects of life. I just want to get into a lot of territory with their, you know, some of them might be a little more paranormal woo kind of stuff, but um, just like, you know, things that you don't hear about in the mainstream public that I feel like we should be hearing about is pretty much, you know, I'd love to have you and your wife on there, by the way. I still have you all on there. Yep. Just, you know, set up a a date and a time and we'll see if we can uh, make it and we'll get on your show for sure. Absolutely. But man, I think you're, I think you're, because I'm of the same opinion you are in, and I think you're onto something with all of this stuff is related in some way. And I think it has something to do with whether these natural energies that are happening on the planet or, uh, you know, whether we're creating them somehow, uh, nuclear power plants, uh, Wi-Fi, you know, this, this movement of energy through our atmosphere, it could be a huge signal for whatever these things are. If they're, you know, interdimensional, whatever that means, you know, when people seem like they, don't have a good explanation for things. They, they seem to now fall back on, it used to be quantum physics and now it's, you know, interdimensional. It's like, it's okay to say you don't know because you don't know. And, And okay. What I know about dimensions, length, width, height, and time. I mean, there, I there's like your. You, said, you don't know. You've been saying it's from another dimension. Like, oh, it's just, we don't know where it's from. It's not here. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, come on, d- dude. I mean, uh, Skinwalker Ranch. I mean, Bigelow's group was that uh, NIDS, right? Um, yeah. Uh, I-, I can't remember what the acronym stands for. It's something Discovery Science or something, something yeah. along those lines. Anyways, they sunk a bunch of money into studying skinwalker ranch and they you know you had scientists saying that they've seen portals open and things come crawling out of them one thing that a lot of people i don't think hear about this there's a lot of stuff that happens skinwalker people don't hear about um 
and, and that's you know Skinwalker and Bloodsoaks. That's what changed me from the whole nuts and bolts perspective. There's accepting you know it's your signs I don't understand, or it's you know something so evolved that it seems like magic to us, you know, just because we can't even comprehend it, we can't wrap our head around it. Or maybe like you said, we're somehow manifesting it. I, I don't know how, you know, but I'm just I try to throw all the theories out there. I saw one too on my channel. But um uh so I got totally uh oh yeah I'm sorry. So there's these two guys out there at Skinwalker and they're doing some type of study and they both have two separate experiences even though they're standing side by side. Yeah, they perceive two the different time. things. Yeah, it makes me think like, um, you know, are there, there life forms that have the ability to type to maybe like uh, zone into a person's frequency? Sorry, I got tongue tied there. But yeah, so like, you know, maybe one person is having experience or seeing a sighting. Um, I've showed Chad a couple of videos. And he's asked like, you know, whenever you see that, is everybody in Wilmington or everybody in Fayetteville, you know, seeing it as well? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, but. I think about, you know, things like that at Skinwalker with those two people, you know, how do you explain stuff like that? You know? Yep. And I think it was, uh, I had heard Richard Dolan talking. I think it was Richard Dolan or it might've been Luis Elizondo that were talking about that, whatever these things are, these craft or whatever, that they seem to have some type of way to manipulate human mind and perception somehow and that that would explain how see these things and they can be standing right next to each other and go did you see that and the person looking right there and stuff will say no i didn't see anything and i was actually shocked that both my wife and i saw this the, the same thing that we did so whatever we saw was not manipulating us in any way you know, to, to say, okay, you're going to see the triangle, but you, you're just going to see black sky with, with a light, you know? And so I don't know, man, it doesn't make sense, but what Dolan was saying, and, and again, if I'm misquoting him, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure it was Dolan that said that these things have this ability to, to manipulate people's minds, to, to make us see, th yeah, the perception. So you know, considering you're talking about now seeing that one craft that was cloaked, and then I just had an, a coworker come up to me and tell me about what they saw. And I know what Michelle and I saw and what I saw happening on the outside of that craft with that skin and that wavering type of uh, situation where it looked like it was, uh, you know, it was maybe it maybe it was hot and it was warping the the light that was reflecting off of it, like a hot part like of the freeway, like, like a mirage. Yeah. 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 So maybe that thing was, was actually very, very hot. I, you know, I don't know. I couldn't touch it. It was close to us, but you know, not, not that close. I didn't feel any right. heat or anything like that, but it made no sound. It just sat there and then it rotated as we, so it did seem like it. I don't want to say it recognized that, that we had seen it, because it sure did seem like it rotated and started to move parallel to our movements on, on the southbound highway. And well, you said this thing was huge, right? It was huge. It wow. was huge. It, it was like the Walmart. size of a box store, man. It, it had to be wow. a couple stories thick and it, it had to be 300 feet on a side. And wow. it was just a big yes. triangle. And I know the B2 bomber. I've seen it. 
have been they're not that big (laughs) they're not that big and they don't hover right and they don't have three big lights in each corner of the triangle in each angle of the triangle that you know forms its body that shine you know that illuminate straight down And, and, and they make all kinds of sound I was going to say, I bet that had y'all's heart racing. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, it, it was so, I mean, Michelle says it perfectly. The last thing we were thinking about, well, I was driving, but right. the last thing she was thinking about was trying to find her phone to start taking pictures right. of it or anything. That's what I, I say. And I, I got to say, uh, I think about mine a little differently now, because sometimes I, I get a little hesitant telling people about like how big the crescent shaped craft I was, the yeah. I was. but uh, now I can just think about how big what you saw. <laughs> yeah. Mine Yours was small. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Well, but yeah, I mean, I've had, yeah. I've had people on this podcast that have seen the same thing space, you know, spaced at different times in different parts of the state. But, you know, when when we had um, our little roundtable going on here uh, not too long ago, man, we called it, uh, it was episode 14, Beware the Ides of March. And uh, tr- was, uh, Guy Merritt. Yeah, Guy Merritt. And we had Ed on. And, uh, you know, we were talking about the craft that they had seen. And it was the same craft. And, and these guys had seen it on the same day, just in different wow. parts of the state. When the same one that y'all two seen? Yeah, but see, theirs was in like 1995. Oh, okay. But it sounds still like it was. Yeah, it was. It was the same thing. And and Guy and Ed saw the exact same craft the same exact day. And Ed saw it getting chased by a couple of fighter jets from the local military base by where he lived, where he saw it. Was that Selfridge? Yeah. Selfridge Air National Guard base. They have F-16s there, and they they sent two interceptors after it. It was gone. He said it came over, and it was a gigantic black triangle. He described it, and that was exactly what Guy had seen that early morning. And it zipped off into the distance, and here come these like two F-16s just screaming over Ed's head in pursuit of it. And that thing was gone, and it was huge. And exactly how they described it was exactly what we saw. The only thing, though, the only thing that was different was that in the center of that triangle that they saw, they said they saw a big red light. There was a a big dome of energy or something in the middle of this thing. Ours didn't have that. That makes me think about the transparent craft I was talking about earlier. It had the pink light dead in the center of it. Yeah. Um, Yep. Flashed on on, on and off real quick. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's a incredible story. Yeah, it's uh, really something else. And the fact that we, you know, we've got people that have, you know, yeah, it, it's it's a story, but we got eyewitnesses that have, yeah, you know, it, said that they've seen these things. I was gonna say event. I should have said story. I should have said it's an incredible experience. Yeah, because that, yeah. that's something definitely happened. You know, you've got other people to collaborate with. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, I really appreciate you being uh, having me on here again. Um, I didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night, so I don't have a whole lot of energy. Um, Not a I, problem, I, man. I noticed some some things I'm definitely like leaving out. Like I'm, I should have wrote more stuff down. Um, I'll probably remember after I get off. But um, <laughs> uh, I did want to say real quick. I don't know if you've seen those videos that I recorded that night that I was at Chris's house when I. I had an experience with him. We saw like those uh, 15 wolves or so. 
and he continued to see him after I left, and they sent a Blackhawk over to his house. And, I did uh, see that. I did see that. Yeah. The video. He sent me that video before I even got home. I'm like, oh man, I should have stayed a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. It's a. Uh, he said that's happened to him a few times. Whenever he has major sightings like that, that'll happen. Yeah. Then the Blackhawks come over. Yeah. Right over his property. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tree level. It's crazy. And you can see the orb starting to go off a little bit too. Like right before you hear the, the propellers of the helicopter coming. The they start to fade, to, out. to fade out. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So they know. They're, they're, they're reacting. Yeah. And the government definitely knows. Yeah. I don't think they know. I think they have an idea of what it is, but I don't think they have all the answers either. No, they're not even close. That's why they didn't want to say anything. They They don't want to admit what they don't know. So, yeah, yeah, exactly right. So uh, what's your hopes for like disclosure, man? Like, what do you hope to come out of it? I think people like us are it. Well, I mean, uh, what do you hope that it'll accomplish? Sorry, I should have been a little more specific. Like, what do you hope it'll do for, because I know a lot of people, you know, uh, like I, I'm, I'm with everybody, you know, I, I want disclosure to happen, but I don't hear a lot of people talk about like what's going to happen afterwards if, you know, we do get it. So like, uh, like, what do you hope to get out of it? Like, what do you hope it does for humanity? I don't know. First of all, I, th- I think the 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 main thing I want is acknowledgement that something is going on and this stuff is real. That that would be the, for me, I would be happy with that. However, to project that a little bit further, I mean, I I would love for us to be able to figure out what this technology is because whatever it is to be able to move a craft or an object, the way that they, these things are moving and, and to be a trans medium type of a craft, the technology and the energy that's being used in it could really change how humanity goes forward when it comes to energy transportation. I mean, it could really help, you know, advance humans quite a bit and, and maybe not tear up our planet so much. And, you know, and that's one of the things that, that bothers me about the, you know, our space brothers and, you know, they're worried about the planet and stuff like this. Okay. Well, if you're worried about the planet and you want to help out, help us figure out this technology and do it publicly, stop working in the shadows show us how does this how does this these magical things work i have a lot of um i have a lot of mixed films that are sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there yeah no um, problem i was gonna say do you, you think we're already integrating it into our technology because i just i look at the the advance in the technology and like right after roswell it seems like you know we start getting things like fiber optics and um you know, night vision and other things I've heard that, you know, could possibly came from retrieve crash, you know, um, I've heard now that, you know, night vision, we could have gotten that from that, or it's reported that we got that from the actual eyeballs of some of these, these life forms, you know, deceased ones and, um, uh, Kevlar as well. I, you, you know, know, I don't, I don't know about that, that like the material science, science and stuff like that. Humans are very, smart there's there's a lot of scientists and things out there that are so smart and doing things that are trying to figure things out that 
I mean, the splitting of the atom, you know, making the atom bomb and things like that. Now we have the Hadron Collider and, you know, where we're smashing particles together to try to figure out how the universe was born. And that could be sending out some kind of a signal to, yeah. to you know, whatever these things are. But he, here's what I'll say. I don't know about the backwards engineering type of a thing from, from crashed air, you know, alien craft or whatever these craft are, the materials that they're finding, it's possible. However, I will say that I do think that humans observing, just observing these things yeah, puts ideas in our heads of things that could happen. And then we start to figure out how, to how can we make that happen in our, in our world. Right. So, yeah. I, I mean, and that's, that's a good way of saying it. Yeah, it's the only thing I can really say because we don't have that. That's we got stories of reversed engineering and night vision and all that stuff. But I mean, look, look at Elon Musk, man, and and the stuff that he he is accomplishing, and those scientists and those engineers. I've got a friend who thinks Elon Musk is an ET himself. <laughs> <laughs> he tells me, he's like, man, why, why the hell do you think he wants to get back to Mars so bad, Josh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, that guy's brain, he, I mean, he's he's like a real-life Tony Stark. Now, I do have very mixed feelings. About him. There's things I love about him and things, little just things that concern me a little bit, you know, kind of some sure. of it freaks me out a little bit, like putting computer chips in people's brain. Yep. It's like I see some benefit. I mean, if you could fix somebody, that's great. But just the thought of like a computer taking over somebody's brain freaks me out. And also, um, I, I wanted to get to this real quick, um, because you mentioned about like the whole technology, you know, like um. So I, I want to say I have an experiencer that's going to be coming on my channel probably next month, and he talks about uh having repeated contact with the grays, and has told me that um, there there's this concern. Well, I mean, first off. This is going to sound really, so we're, I'm going to warn you, <laughs> we're about to go into some crazy woo right now. Yeah, well, he tells me that the greys are from an earth, just not our, from parallel reality, and that he's gotten this repeatedly in dreams, and he's um, had missing time, and uh, I think marks on his body as well. <clears throat> but um, that they, I guess they're us from a future earth in a parallel reality, and that all the greys share a hive mind. And that they exist across a lot of different realities. I mean, when I first started hearing this, I thought it was way too out there, but the guy's detail, and then there's also some evidence. You know, he whether what he's saying is correct or not, um, you still have to look at like his missing time, and he's got some physical markings. He's, got, he's also got old videos, you know, so there's there's truth to you know what he's saying, whether all of it's true or not, I don't know. But um, he's told me that they somehow merged their minds with uh computer technology and um and that's um that's how they lost their emotions he tells me that these the grays that they lost their emotions by fusing their brains with i guess like computers internet um and kind of turned turned them into a hive mind but they um they wanted to ascend but they lost all their emotions in the process and you know you do hear a lot of people speaking about grays with no emotions but um he told me that's specifically why they went to those children in zimbabwe you ever heard of that case the schoolyard case yeah Uh, preston mentions it like he told me that they told him specifically that was why they went 
to the I mean, like it could have been the same ones, you know. Well, I mean, if what he's saying is true, then essentially they they all share the same conscious anyways. But um, you know, like I said, I don't know if what this guy's seeing is true, but I think about things like that and it kind of freaks me out when I hear about Elon Musk putting computer chips in people's brains sometimes, you know. That's just my opinion on it. Well, yeah, and also, you know, Elon Musk is working on things like that, but then he also warns everybody about the dangers of AI. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's he's the Tony Stark, you know. All right, man. Well, we've been at it almost two hours again. <laughs> yeah, going so, on a pretty quick, man. And you uh, need I've, you need to get some sleep. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, man. Well. Look, I'm glad you were able to come back on the podcast and we could wrap up and uh, talk about a few loose ends and talk about a couple other things that we didn't get around to. Uh, This was great. I was happy to have you on and uh, we'll have to do this again sometime and and do it on your podcast next time. Yeah, I was going to say whatever I missed, I'm sure I can remember by the time that you all take come on my show. I'm looking forward to it. Write those notes down, man, and we'll we'll come on there and, and talk with you. Yeah, thanks for having me on again, man. Yeah, well, thanks a lot, Josh. We'll talk to you soon. Yep, take it easy, Josh. Well, I think he picked a perfect name for his uh, podcast that he's starting. Yeah, Trippy Times. Yes, and he actually did release his first episode. He had his MUFON investigator. Her name is Sev Tok, S-E-V-T-O-K. She immigrated here to the U.S. and became a MUFON investigator, which is very interesting. And then he had on, at the same time, Preston Dennett, which is a fantastic UFO investigator. Um, so that was that's a great show, and you can find it. And uh, Chad Smith helped him start his podcast, and so you you can find that on Trippy Times on YouTube. So what do you think of that? Uh, those stories, all the way back, thinking back to episode twenty one. I don't know if I would ever leave my house. <laughs> Yeah, um, the orbs and things. I mean, first of all, he lives very close to... Bledsoe? Yeah, lives close to the Bledsoe. And they are magnets of UFO and orb sightings and abductions. I think they pass some of that energy on on to Josh. Well, it sounds like that whole area is a hotbed for activity. And now Sev was talking about there being a nexus there in some energy ley lines that follow along that that river where they all have had their first experiences so maybe there is some kind of energy or something that's going on there that is attracting these whatever they are beans vehicles drones i i don't know but he has just had a wealth of paranormal encounters to say the least you're just one after the other Well, now that he's doing a podcast and talking about this stuff openly, you know, and remember last year, he didn't buy any of this stuff. He wasn't talking about it or anything. And so he just came out to uh, start learning about it now. Now he starts a podcast. Now let's see what happens, because I'm sure it's going to get even wilder. I was going to say, we weren't really talking about anything. No, it took us, what, two years? Yeah. Took us two years. March of last year. Yeah. So, and now look at us. 
We've been on the radio. We have all kinds of guests on. We got a pretty successful podcast. We've met some really cool people. Met awesome people. There's a great community out there of people that are interested in this. And uh, especially now that it's starting to open up more. So, all right, Michelle, we've been at this a while. We're both kind of tired. I think it's time to head on out. It's what do you to think? wrap up for the night, folks. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And remember... Keep your eyes to the sky. You have been listening to the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. You can reach us at mi.ufo.podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at mi underscore UFO and join our Facebook group by searching for Michigan UFO sightings and paranormal encounters. So until next time.